Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi there, this is Martina Navratilova, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. It is Tuesday at Wimbledon. My name is David Law, part of the BBC Radio 5 Live commentary team. I'm joined by Catherine Whitaker, who's been presenting alongside Mats Verlander and Annabel Croft on Live at Wimbledon. And today, after matches in which Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal and Andy Murray all went through and Petra Kvitova strolled into the second round, we're joined by the Telegraph's Oliver Brown, the chief sports feature writer. We are brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We're supported by BNP Paribas, and the sun is shining, the blue sky is up above, and it is an absolutely glorious sight here at Wimbledon. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, Catherine Whitaker, how's your day been? Well, once again, a bit hot and sweaty, but uh, I need to stop saying that because it's going to get boring because the forecast looks... Uh, consistently hot and sweaty for the rest of the week. So, uh, apart from that, uh, fabulous. I am absolutely sick of hearing people complain about how hot it is. It wasn't a complaint. It was a mere factual statement of fact. Sounded like a complaint to me. Oliver, how has your day been? You've been covering Rafael Nadal. I have. He didn't seem to be struggling with the heat one bit, in fact. It seemed to remind him of being back home in Mallorca. Um, he said there was no comparison to the type of heat they experience in Australia. And uh, when you see that the forecast is for five degrees hotter than this, it could, it could be uncomfortable for some of the European players. You saw how Murray was getting flustered in that match when it was 41 degrees on the court. So um, tomorrow, we see if we do see Wimbledon's version of the Melbourne extreme heat rule, it could, um, could be an interesting factor. Yeah, we saw some headlines this morning, particularly in the Daily Mail I saw, where they were remarking on the fact that the women's side of things could get interrupted by a heat rule, whereas the men's wouldn't. And the explanation given was that the WTA has a rule which, uh, which can be enforced, whereas the men's circuit doesn't have such a rule. It is rather inconsistent, but if you spoke to the top men's players today, they, they didn't seem remotely bothered by what they'd experienced today. I mean, Roger Federer had nothing beyond a slightly glistening brow, um, which considering he'd got his work done in an hour and eight minutes wasn't, um, wasn't too painful. But um, no, I, don't, I don't see that this is going to be too much of an issue, really. I mean, maybe if it nudges 40, but it, it, it doesn't look like it. And it, I think it would only be on the, on the show courts where it could be a problem. Actually, we had him interviewed on BBC Radio 5 Live following his victory today, and he was, he was just vaguely amused that we were all getting so aerated about it all. The fact that, you know, 
this isn't hot. He said, it's hot in Australia. It's hot in Cincinnati where the, the heat starts coming through the soles of your shoes off that cement surface and it rebounds off that, uh, that court in Melbourne. But uh, on the beautiful turf of the Wimbledon Centre Court... Nothing to worry about at all, Catherine Whitaker. No, he described it as the best kind of heat, didn't he? He said, first of all, the Roger Federer equivalent of pipe down, you stupid Brits, this is nothing. It might be something for you, but you just need to need to chill out a bit. Ha, huh, no pun intended. And uh, and then uh, and then he said, this is actually the best kind of heat because it's very dry heat. It's not particularly humid. Um, so really, uh, tennis-wise, it, it's something to talk about for us because, as I said, we're all hot and sweaty in the press rooms. The crowd, the crowd is pretty tough on the crowd, being static, uh, sat watching tennis. But I think for the players, they're well used to it, and this is really nothing out of the ordinary at all. So the day started on centre court with Petra Kvitova. I don't know what she was late for, but she was rushing through it, Catherine Whitaker. 35 minutes she was on and off the court. Yeah, so much for our discussion of the um, uh, proverbial question marks hanging over her game. She's just quite literally battered them out of the stadium. Uh, She was extraordinary. I mean, Kiki Burton's is no no first-round fodder. And uh, 35 minutes, I believe, I think you said that's only been done once before, once, one match quicker than that. Certainly in the open era, I, I can only think of the 34-minute demolition of Natasha Zvereva by Steffi Graf in the French Open final back in the 80s. But I, I've never seen a match at Wimbledon as quick as that. There have been some in the 20s. I know there was one in 1969, I believe, but certainly not in my lifetime. I've never seen anything like it. And the funny thing was that Annabelle Croft, who was in the, the Five Live commentary box beforehand, was, was just remarking on how nervous Petra Kvitova looked. She was shanking the ball all over the place. And it, and it is true. Afterwards, uh, Kvitova was heard to say, I was really, really nervous going out there. And it, it just shows, doesn't it, that everybody still gets a bit of nerves. I mean, Oliver, we saw after that Roger Federer come out. He, he won comfortably as well against Damir Jumha. But... He even said in our Five Live interview afterwards that I was quite pleased that the Kvitova match went so quickly because I didn't have time to get nervous. It's inconceivable that somebody like Roger Federer could be nervous the number of times he's been on centre court. He was asked to give a precise tally in his press conference and he couldn't actually put a figure on it. It's become almost like his own, uh, his own palace. But watching... Um, Watching stretches of that match today, there's nothing quite like the stately procession of, of Federer going through the early rounds. He took um, an hour and eight minutes to get the job done. And if you look at Nadal, who prevailed by a similar scoreline, he took over an hour longer. Um, the, the sheer um, clip at which Federer goes is um, extraordinary to watch. I mean, at, at times he made Zumba look like a six-year-old with, with the, 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 some of the exchanges of, of, of volleys Federer was just toying with him and um, it's absolutely imperious. It is difficult to know how much to read into all that though, isn't it, Catherine? Because we've seen this from Federer before, particularly here, the way he can handle these early round matches against players who don't have an awful lot of devil about them. And then he can run into bigger hitters, more dangerous players who may be on a hot streak and struggle. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily has much bearing on what happens in week two, but it certainly won't do him any harm. Certainly, as uh, it is in the longer five-set matches 
dare I say it, he is 33 on the cusp of 34. Not that that's old, David, but, you know, for, for a tennis player... Why are you looking at me? For a tennis player, he's in his twilight, even for the great Roger Federer. So uh, it's not going to do him any harm having a few one-hour, eight-minute matches in week one so that he's got all his energy in reserve for week two. Thereafter, Andy Murray came onto the court, Oliver, and... He didn't have it all his own way, did he, against Mikhail Kukushkin? I, I would suggest that that was a rather more tense workout, particularly for the fans in the stadium, than they were expecting. Absolutely. I mean, 6-4, 7-6, that has few echoes of the type of demolitions that he was meeting out last year when he was sweeping through sets barely for the, for the loss of, uh, of one game. I mean... I, I thought, I mean, obviously you can't gauge a great deal from, from Queens, but to me he didn't look anything approaching his his top gear there. And I think he will need the confidence of a strong first-run week before we, we start seeing glimpses of his of his 2013 best. And we, we brought up the subject of nerves, and Andy Murray is somebody who admits that when he starts these tournaments, it doesn't matter how many times he's done it, he still gets nervous. Do, do you tend to find me, you're the chief sports feature writer at The Telegraph, you must interview an awful lot of people. Is that something you find in other sports as you go around the world? There aren't too many players. It's a rare species who's entirely impervious to nerves. Um, but what I, I think is so extraordinary about Murray is he's reached, um, what is it now, 17 consecutive Grand Slam quarterfinals. He's, he's played in 16 and... and what you saw in his youth when he, he would um, trip up on these banana skins quite often in, in the opening week. He just seems to have this, um, this ability now to, to screen out the, the anxiety. So, I mean, you do... I mean, I've done a lot of golf recently and uh, you know, Rory McIlroy has, has, has spoken of, um, you know, sim similar neuroses that, that he has in terms of adding to his, uh, his major count, but the way he deals with it is not to not to put a number on the on the titles he wants to win he you know he's not um, explicitly chasing Jack Nicklaus's 18 majors or Tiger Woods's 14 and it's a similar thing with Murray he doesn't obsess about statistics and the streaks that he's on or the number of grand slams he wants to win he just has a very impressive capacity for for discharging the job at hand how about you, Catherine? Does anything you saw from Andy Murray today close those those sets were? And, and uh, there was one interesting moment when he was 6-4, 5-2 up, and it was all going rather swimmingly. Justine Ennan, who's a new addition to the BBC Radio team this year, said she found it very strange that, that he started to play rather passively at that point and that he effectively got himself into some trouble. I would also argue that Kukushkin started to absolutely belt the thing. Yeah, I'm not looking too much into it. I think, uh, as I was saying at Queen's, I like to see an Andy Murray that's keeping gears in reserve. Um, and I do think that's what he's doing now. He's playing like the Djokovic's and the, the Nadal's and the Federer's of only pulling that out when he really needs to. So I think it was never really in doubt today, I don't think. And um, I'm not particularly worried. I do think the defensiveness thing is something to keep an eye on but I think he's as aware of that as we are we um, we played out a uh, just a really fun 
interview that one of, one of our presenters, Carl Robinson, did with Andy Murray um, on, the, on uh, Media Day. Just a really, really fun, quick-fire interview. And one of the questions was, what's your biggest weakness? And you know what Andy Murray's like. He, uh, he gives it real thought and he gives you a serious, straight answer. Although he was actually really funny. He was asked, he was asked what his three, how he would describe himself with, in three words. And he said, unfunny, miserable and boring. <laughs> which was brilliant and he said it with a completely straight face but then he, he was also asked what's your biggest weakness and uh, he chewed on he chewed on a wasp quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Uh, for a few moments and then he said... What, literally? Not literally. He just looked like he was deep in thought for a few moments and then he said... I think I can be too defensive at times, which was astonishing, astonishing honesty, because, I mean, how many, how many commentators and pundits and pieces have we read criticising Murray for just that? So I think, yes, it's perhaps something to keep an eye on, but don't worry, he's aware of it, he's on it, he'll be working on that on the practice court. So don't worry about it, Andy Murray fans. Everything's under control. Now, what isn't under control is the destiny of Simona Halep. She's out. Third seed gone. Thirdsy gone, Shapovalova, and I'm sure we'll be coming to this shortly. But actually, the two semi-finalists that met last year, Simona Halep and Eugenie Bouchard, both out today. It was just a year ago that we were previewing that match. I remember doing. It felt like déjà vu in the studio, in the live Wimbledon studio, just now talking about those two losses because a year ago we were in the studio previewing that semi-final, and it felt like we were glimpsing the future. And now we're not necessarily no longer glimpsing the future in those two but it's strange to think that we're further away from that future than we were 12 months ago and with Simona Halep I really feel for her because I just think 
It's very interesting. I don't know if, if well, presumably we're all work in the media. We've seen it, but if anybody listening hasn't seen it, Pete Sampras wrote a, uh, a blog piece today on the Players' Tribune. It was a letter to himself as a 17-year-old. And uh, as you tweeted earlier, and I completely agree with you, you said you learnt more about Pete Sampras in that one letter than you did from 10 years of watching him play and another 10 years of working with him and I've not worked with him as much as you but I certainly felt exactly the same and I can't possibly sum it all up um, but I would advise you, uh, listeners to go out there and read it but I think there are some pretty profound words of wisdom in there for the likes of Halep and Bouchard I would say. That, that is something Oliver that again in other sports you must come across this where somebody has a, a real breakthrough the way that Bouchard and Halep have done over the last couple of years and then start to find it getting a little bit sticky when they keep trying to back it up. I wonder whether it's going to happen to Jordan Spieth over in uh, gold because obviously he's won the he's halfway to the career so, to the calendar Grand Slam rather um, in the same fashion as as Serena. But um, at 21 years old, it seems to be it's a very vulnerable age in sports, and it's one at which the the endorsement deals and the number of other things you, you get offered can um, can cloud your focus. Um, did a thing for Canadian television over over the weekend about uh, about Bouchard. I mean, it, it might be unfair to say she's sort of succumbing to a bit of a Kornikova syndrome, but you see uh, some of the episodes over the past year where they're sort of refusing to shake the hand of a Fed Cup opponent, some sort of slight suggestions of um, of brattishness, and, and that she's maybe with, with all this um, modelling she's doing and the and the sort of IMG super agents that she she's losing a little bit of her of her strict focus on the court, um, but you know I think she'll 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 get it back. I mean I mean th- they were mitigating circumstances today. She had an ab- abdominal tear, um, but um, th- there are there are clearly growing pains when you consider that she made I think three of four uh, Slam semi-finals last season. I have to say my experience of her and I don't know her very well, but my observations of her are that she's an ultimate professional that she really really wants to be the very best tennis player that she can yes she does have endorsements and she does do other things but she always seems to me I I almost think she's trying too hard well her great strength in that respect is that she doesn't care who she alienates I I guess Serena had that for for a long time Um, and we saw it in the uh, that press conference last year when there was almost frost forming on the windows when uh, Bouchard said she was no longer friends with Laura Robson who'd been one of her sort of closest teenage contemporaries um, so it, it, it's that it's that quality of not really caring who you offend on, on, on routes to the top and, and she certainly has that in spades You mentioned Laura Robson how much is she going to figure in the Telegraph's coverage tomorrow in the newspaper her and Heather Watson she will obviously get secondary billing to Heather Watson who clearly had um, a wonderful final set 8-6 against uh, Caroline Garcia um, Laura Robson's hugely popular with Telegraph readers with, with many other newspaper readers too and um, it probably can be argued that this Wimbledon has come a month too soon from her I mean a wrist, wrist tension injury being one of the most fiendish to uh, to conquer and, and such little match practice but um, Laura always always gets um, due prominence in the paper Why is she so popular? Well I guess she fits rather squarely into the uh, 
you know, Wimbledon Telegraph demographic, really, doesn't she? People remember her so fondly from the from the junior Wimbledon triumph, and uh, yeah, she's she, she's the poster girl. And that Heather Watson win today, Catherine, she was match points down against a very, very talented player in Caroline Garcia. That's a big win for her. Yeah, she's a gutsy three-set battling specialist, isn't she? That's what she does best, come back, uh, fight against adversity. And that's wonderful for fans coming in to see because there's nothing more exciting than... Uh, I mean, it's all very well watching uh, Andy Murray... I mean, procession is too much, but generally speaking, a, a three-set Andy Murray uh, demolition job or procession in the early rounds. But it's great for people that have queued to come and see, you know, like they did with Liam Brody yesterday, see a Brit battling through a plucky Brit. Everyone loves a plucky Brit, don't well, they? We love plucky Brits here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Now... The sun is starting to set just a little bit on day two of Wimbledon. The order of play for day three has just come hot off the press as uh, the last couple of British players on the outside courts in James Ward and Aliage Bedene are trying to get through to the next round. But we can tell you that order of play will start on centre court with Novak Djokovic, the world number one, up against Jarko Niemenen. He's followed onto the court by Kane Ishikuri against Santiago Geraldo and then Serena Williams against Tamea Babosh. Again, I kind of think that, that Djokovic will probably stroll relatively speaking against Niemann although Niemann did give him a good match at the French Open I remember a, a few weeks ago he did I think the most remarkable thing about uh, Niemann tomorrow will probably be his hair I can't believe more people aren't talking about the Niemann hair I know there was so much, get one of those. so much else to talk about in his match against Hewitt yesterday and I feel like the hair didn't get as much airtime as it should have done because it was extraordinary when he took, what was it when he took the cap off to reveal it I thought I didn't know what was going on this is a man in his 30s with anyway I'm definitely getting one of the those hair needed a mention don't do it David but uh I, I mean, he's going to be spent emotionally and physically, I would imagine, from yesterday. Um, he's had, if you like, his moment in the sun at his final Wimbledon. So I would expect a pretty straightforward Djokovic victory tomorrow. Uh, Santiago Geraldo against Kane Ishikori. That one could be close as well. Uh, we've also got Serena Williams against Tamea Babosh, as I mentioned. On court number one, uh, Milos Raonic against probably the only remaining contemporary of Roger Federer in Tommy Haas. 37 years of age, Oliver. It's an amazing performance from him, isn't it, to, to still be going? Well, absolutely, considering the injury dramas uh, he's had. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, a contemporary of Federer's, but if, if Federer is persuaded to, to go on that long when he was, he, he kind of, he talked obliquely about retirement uh, today and um, suggested five, six years, which would take him even beyond uh, um, Tommy Haas's uh, vintage. But yeah, that, that is a fascinating one. The thing is, Federer came into that interview with us on Five Live and the thing above, about him, above all other players, he just loves it. He doesn't want to do anything else. Yes, he's a multi-millionaire beyond all our wildest dreams, but what else would he be doing? This is the best thing in the world as far as he's concerned. And, the, and this is the one. This, this is the one Grand Slam that you know, I, I think he's actually capable of, of, of still winning more than once. I mean, he's, 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 you tend to find he's, he's out, outgunned in, um, in Melbourne and, and just uh, sometimes even outplayed in Paris. But at Wimbledon, I mean, the the ease with which she advanced to the final last year and then that epic with, with Djokovic he can uh, 
he can still keep going here for another three or four years. But I, I do think he's starting to contemplate um, a world beyond this. Uh, he said today that he'd like to spend... Um, you know, more time with his children, maybe doing the school runs, spending time with with Merca back back in Switzerland. Um, I, I think th- there there is a slight um, feeling within him that he'd like to step off the treadmill a bit, which is why obviously he he concentrates his schedule so much around the the Grand Slams. But it, it, it was interesting that he was kind of slipping slightly into that elder statesman mode today. Absolutely. What else we got on court number one to follow? It is going to be Heather Watson up against Daniela Hantikova. I remember them playing against each other at the Australian Open last year. Hantikova winning that one. I've got a slight feeling for for Watson in that one. What do you think, Catherine? I do too. I mean, it's tough for her having to play uh, today and then then again tomorrow. But as we've discussed, she's gutsy, and I think I think that's a really good matchup for her. It's uh, court one. I think will suit her really well, and I think she's a good player, so it will be an occasion but not good enough to beat her if she's playing her best, which she looked to be today. So I agree with you. I give Watson the edge there. Stan Vavrinka will follow that one on to court number one. On court two, Grigor Dimitrov is in action against Steve Johnson. Maria Sharapova is out on court number two. Tell you what, it's a good ticket if you've got court two tomorrow. And then Venus Williams bringing up the uh, little dessert on court number two. So plenty going on uh, on day three at Wimbledon. This has been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We are supported by BNP Paribas, the bank for a changing world. Do check out the Telegraph Sport website. Do have a look at wearetennis.com as well. Plenty of good stuff on there. And we'll be back on day three. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.